You're listening to RTE Lyric Live. Music from an opera based on the Cinderella story by one of the most remarkable and talked about classical music child prodigies of our time, Alma Deutscher, who was born in 2005 and who wrote her Cinderella opera when she was just 10 years of age. It's been staged in Israel, in America and at one of the most prestigious opera houses in the world under the baton of Zubin Mehta, the Vienna State Opera. Zubinmate has called Alma Deutscher one of the greatest musical talents of today. Alma Deutscher's family isn't too keen on the word prodigy, but the facts do speak for themselves. She started playing the piano when she was two and the violin when she was three and started composing themes from an opera about a pirate when she was four. At six, she wrote a piano sonata. Then came several more compositions, and when she reached 12, she appeared as soloist in two separate concertos for violin and piano, both of which she'd written herself. Only a remarkable young musician could have achieved all that. And what I think is amazing is that when she first came to public attention, it wasn't thanks to her amazing musical abilities. She came into contact with Stephen Fry, who's a friend of her father's, when they went to see Shakespeare's Twelfth Night together. And it was the way that Alma talked about the play that first impressed Stephen Fry. Then, when he learned about her real forty, her music, he tweeted about it, as Stephen Fry tends to do, and word then got around like wildfire. All this wouldn't be possible without a supportive family. Alma's homeschooled by her two parents, who are both academics. Screens are very much frowned upon. And she has a younger sister, Helen, who's also an amazingly talented violinist. They live in a leafy area of Surrey in England, not far from the prestigious Menuhin School, where Alma's had lessons. And she's been given the chance to develop her mind and grow at her own pace, which is extremely fast. That operatic retelling of the Cinderella story, by the way, isn't just a rehash. Alma also rewrote the plot. In her retelling, the evil stepmother runs an opera company, the stepsisters are divas with lots of ego but no talent, Cinderella is a composer, and the prince is a poet who finds in Cinderella the only person who can sing the rest of a song that's been written to one of his poems. There's no glass slipper in Alma's version. As well as musical instruments and books, hanging on the walls of the Deutscher home are two paintings. One is a portrait of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's brilliant, if overshadowed, sister, Nannerl, and another is a landscape painting by Felix Mendelssohn. Surely no coincidence that those two men, Mozart and Mendelssohn, were famous for being the two standout geniuses in the world of classical music in centuries gone by. So I'm going to move on to their life stories next. But 
One last thought on Alma Deutscher. Something that may already have struck you about her music is that she works in the language of the past. Her compositions sound as though they could have been written over 200 years ago. For her, beauty is everything. In a present-day environment with so many difficulties and challenges, if the world is so ugly, she says, then what's the point of making it even uglier with ugly music? Maybe she has a point. When it comes to child prodigies, though, let's face it, Mozart is usually the first name on everyone's lips. The amazing boy, born on the 27th of January 1756, as the seventh and last child of Maria Anna and her husband, Leopold Mozart. Of those seven children, only two survived infancy, Wolfgang Amadeus and his older sister, Nanel. It was when Leopold started to teach piano to both of them that he realised what an amazing talent they had, his son in particular. Leopold referred to Wolfgang as a miracle which God let be born in Salzburg. Similar to Alma Deutscher's story, by four Mozart was playing little pieces on the piano, by five he was writing them on his own, by six Leopold had taken the children to Munich to play for the Elector Maximilian III, and the following year to Vienna, where they performed before the Empress Maria Theresa herself at Schönbrunn. The little child from Salzburg and his sister played the harpsichord, according to Count Zinzendorf, a nobleman who was there. The poor little fellow plays masterfully. He is a child of spirit, lively and charming. His sister's playing is masterly, and he applauded her. Well, that was just the prelude to a large-scale European tour taking in Paris, London and The Hague, for which the whole Mozart family set off on the 9th of June, 1763. At their first stop in Paris, they befriended an influential critic called Baron Grimm. He marvelled at how Mozart used to improvise for one hour after another and in doing so give rein to the inspiration of his genius and to a mass of enchanting ideas, which, moreover, he knows how to connect with taste and without confusion. In the spring of 1764, they travelled to London to play at court and give other private concerts, 
It was there that Mozart met and befriended one of the great composers of the Bach family, Johann Christian Bach. The fact that a friendship sprang up despite a 20-year age difference between the two men speaks volumes about how mature Mozart's musical thinking was at the time. And there's no better way to illustrate that than by playing the start of Mozart's Symphony No. 1 that he wrote in Chelsea during that trip. I think you'd agree this is pretty astonishing for an eight-year-old. When Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and his sister were being touted around the admiring courts and living rooms of Europe, let's not forget that there was a financial motive behind all of this. At least part of the reason for the exhausting tour was for Leopold Mozart to earn money for his family. 
and he was determined to ensure the financial security for his amazing son by trying his best to find him a good position at court somewhere. That pressure of money simply didn't apply to the third and final child prodigy I'm going to be focusing on today. Felix Mendelssohn was born in 1809 into an amazing family for whom money just wasn't a problem. The Mendelssohns were well-off, cultured and creative. Both Felix and his sister Fanny were child prodigies. She could play Bach's well-tempered clavier from memory by the time she was 12, and he showed outstanding abilities and not just in music. He translated Greek verse so expertly that his versions were published anonymously in a Berlin magazine. One of his earliest teachers felt he could become an artist when he grew up. And the Mendelssohn children even produced a literary journal throughout their summer holidays called The Garden Newspaper, entirely for people at home to read. The Mendelssohn's house in Berlin was a magnet for the city's cultural elite, including the poet Heine, the philosopher Hegel and many more. This was a house where they wanted for nothing. To give you just one example, when Mendelssohn wrote a Zingspiel, or play with music, at the age of 11, the Mendelssohn family built a theatre in one of the rooms of their house and engaged musicians from the Royal Capella to play it. The Mendelssohn children were expected to work hard, though. Sunday was the only day of the week when they didn't have to get out of bed at five o'clock in the morning. Felix Mendelssohn's early guide in music had been a friend of his father's, Karl Friedrich Zelter, who was director of the Berlin Singakademie and also a good friend of the elderly philosopher and poet Goethe, now in his 70s. When Mendelssohn was just 12 years of age, he was taken to stay with Goethe at his home in Weimar. Goethe had actually been around long enough to have seen the boy Mozart performing in Frankfurt in 1763, almost 60 years before, and Zelter recorded this exchange in which Goethe outlined his thoughts on the brilliant young Mendelssohn. It goes like this. Musical prodigies are probably no longer so rare, Goethe said. But what this little man, that's Mendelssohn, can do in extemporising and playing at sight borders the miraculous, and I could not have believed it possible at so early an age. And yet you heard Mozart in his seventh year at Frankfurt, said Zelta. Yes, answered Goethe, but what your pupil already accomplishes bears the same relation to the Mozart of that time that the cultivated talk of a grown-up person bears to the prattle of a child. So in Goethe's view, Mendelssohn actually outdid Mozart in the child virtuoso stakes. Interesting. I wonder what he would have made of Alma Deutscher. Thank you.
You're listening to RTE Lyric Live 